Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Scottish Indie Podcast. Tonight I'm delighted to welcome along Gary from Echo Machine. Gary, Hello. thank you very much for joining me. Hi, oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and we'll start with the the generic questions. We'll get them out the road first and then we'll get into the, the nitty gritty, if you will. But we're beginning to emerge a bit from restrictions. The vaccination process continues to roll on. How, how are you doing just now and how are these difficult and pretty confusing times been for you? Uh yeah. Jeez, oh what a what a freaking roller coaster. Um now it's absolutely glorious. Um we've had band practices again and got to see each other and be drunk in the same room together and all those things you want to do. Uh yeah, so I think the last month or so has been joyous. I keep welling up at random points, just like, oh my god, a pint in a pub with my band. Uh, I've still got a few days to to actually experience that. We're still stuck outdoors, but by the time uh, this goes out, I will have been in the pub, so that'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely the sort of post-Christmas bit of it was pretty tough. I think everyone I spoke to was sort of, that was the point when it just got old. When everyone was just sitting in the house, cold, confused, missing people. Yeah, it, it got pretty dark, didn't it? And it was, it was kind of, I think we had that period, maybe July to October time, where we thought we're coming out the back end of this and we're going to have our Christmas. And then even we were told we were going to have, be allowed to see people over Christmas and that get cancelled. And it was just, there's only yeah. so many punches you to the face you yeah. can take before you get a wee bit the first thing like, uh, I don't know if I'm in the minority of people in the first lockdown that were like alright okay it's going to last a few weeks I can just kind of set up a little studio in the house and just kind of knuckle down at some tunes and then it would get extended and extended and extended and it was quite pleasant getting into a little routine it was like being stuck on a desert island or something Um. But yeah, so I think I'd built up to write, that's going to be fine, this is great, we're going to record, write some music, it's all going to be fun after Christmas, normality. And then uh, we got locked back inside again. So yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think very much the radio, we're, we're talking about COVID fatigue, COVID fatigue, that was very easy for me to say. <laughs> um, recently, I think that's, you almost get to a stage where you're, you're fed up talking about it, but at the, at the yeah. same time, we seem to have kind of lived out some sort of strange movie that we're all yeah. part of in the last Yeah, now we're just stuck in the yeah. shite sequel. <laughs> We've not really got much else to talk about apart from the pandemic either, so yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah, quite that a was like, conversation. Our uh, sort of first band practice back, it was like, oh my god, I've not seen you all in so long. What's everyone been up to? And they're just deadening silence. There's no one's it's done Conversations anything. about the Tiger King and things like that. Yeah, basically, yeah. I made a banana bread and then found myself and then lost myself again <laughs> so we'll get on to the band and echo machine for those listening today that that haven't heard the band can you kind of describe a bit of the background to the band and also explain a wee bit about your sound as well uh yeah we we've done we've been a band in a sort of reverse order so far and that we me and mikey guitarist mikey had, had been in a band together before when that ended, we wanted to sort of keep writing together. And we sort of wrote a big pile of songs before we really had a clue what we were doing. 
we sort of were just making stuff up in rooms and it was all quite electronic it was all kind of a bit more experimental for us and then an opportunity kind of arose to record an album which was uh kind of thought we couldn't really turn down even though we didn't really have a band and hadn't really ever played live yet so yeah we just went into the studio recorded an album and then from there started trying to learn how to play live tried to get a band together and all the rest of it so yeah, by the time we released our debut album in February 2020, by the time we'd done that, we'd kind of finally got a band together, we had the album, we'd learned how to play it all live, we were all kind of shooting for the stars, and then we released it on the 28th of February last year, um, had a couple of incredible launch shows and stuff, and then two weeks, three weeks later, we got locked down. So yeah, it was a bit of a punch in the guts. And, uh... I guess that the fact you you talk about kind of forming in reverse. Yeah. The fact that Echo Machine emerged from your your previous band, uh, The Mirror Trap, who had quite a, a resume touring across the world, supporting bands like Placebo and The View. You weren't starting off as an inexperienced band. You were you were more than adverse to the to the rigors of the, the industry, I guess, and and also the kind of cram touring schedules and promoting yourselves did that give yeah. you a, a wee bit of a foot up in terms of starting off with echo machine kind of yeah i think it's maybe made us just a little bit more um i don't want to say difficult but more um uh, i think what a way word this it doesn't sound, sound like a terrible person maybe just slightly more not making the, the mistakes that you yeah i think we were time round almost i think i the positive spin i think we're all kind of more comfortable in our skin and we kind of knew that there's certain things that we could spend six months chasing and get nowhere doing that we've kind of learned in the past and failed or we could just kind of do what we wanted to do and be quite insular within the group and then just if people liked it they liked it and hopefully something came of it but yeah i think we'd definitely got fatigued with the um the kind of rat race of it all. Not to sound too down on everything, but yeah. So yeah, I think that was that served us well, I think personally, because we kind of got to a point where we started this band with no real plan or expectations. We just knew that we really wanted to write music and play music. The reputation for your talent maybe helped catch the attention of the, the wider industry as well. You began playing shows in in 2018 and straight away there was a wee bit of hype surrounding the band you caught the eye pretty quickly uh yeah i think we definitely we we did that thing where we were like right are we going to go and just start completely from scratch and sort of try and not mention the fact that we were in a band previously and stuff but that just kind of seemed a bit silly like we're kind of chopping off a limb or something so we definitely said right we are a band who can play live. We've played live before. We've we've done stuff. So we kind of tried to just start with a bang, really. And we we the first two singles we'd recorded were kind of recorded for the previous band. So they weren't like they were sort of of a certain standard, I guess, straight away. I think that being said, though, it's a it's a quite marked departure from the the mirror trap. The the sound of Echo Machine, I, I think that Echo Machine, the sound is just so distinctly 
explosive, really. It, it just blows up in your face straight away. Uh, there's so much happening there. It's a, it's a different sound. It's a, it's a more progressive and advanced sound, if you will. Yeah, I think that's what we'd kind of, what we'd, I think we'd spent like sort of four or five years kind of as just five loud people in a room. And that is that is the best thing in the world, really. It's one of the greatest. Just getting in a room with like your four of your best mates and just making lots and lots of noise. But I think we'd got to the point with that where every time we did that, we kind of knew what was going to happen. It was maybe getting a little bit predictable. Um, I think that probably was part of why everyone went their separate ways at the end of that band. We'd kind of it maybe run its course. We were trying to sort of yeah try a few other weird and wonderful things that weren't quite landing. And then we suddenly had the freedom when it when that band ended that there was no rules. We didn't have a drummer. We didn't have a sort of two guitarists or anything. We just had the two of like me and Mike in a room just trying to just doing whatever we liked really. And I think that was the one sticking point. We just didn't want to be boring. So I think we just kind of no matter what we did, it had to be kind of excited us in some way which usually meant we were kind of just egging each other on to be more extreme and louder and sillier. What point did you decide to add Hannah, Heather and, and Lewis as well in, into the ranks and, and kind of expand that sound even further to the noise that it is just now? I think that was because um, this is a completely insane metaphor or analogy, but I always think even in the mirror trap and now, I've always got this big idea that I would kind of want to go on stage and be like a sort of somewhere between Frank Sinatra and Julian Casablancas kind of just be cool and be kind of this cool crooning, I don't know, person. And uh, it always goes horribly wrong. The adrenaline kicks off and it just goes absolutely mad. And I always remember reading this thing about this like guy who was in some high security prison somewhere who had said he went out drinking with his girlfriend one night. They were all dressed up for a night out and having a nice time. And then someone said something to them and then he blacked out and then he woke up two hours later and there was like 20 bodies around him. I always think that's kind of what happens whenever we go on stage. I'd love to be the kind of ice cool, like synthesizers, human league style thing. But as soon as we get a bit excited, just all hell breaks loose. I think that kind of happened in the studio. We went in thinking, right, we've got a plan here. But then we had to kind of flesh the songs out with the band. And then as soon as the band starts playing, just chaos resumes. So, yeah, we <laughs> kind of knew straight away that after we'd, we got our kind of few of our mates in to help us record the album. And then once we'd done it, we're like, nope, right, we can't do this with backing tracks and laptops and things. This needs to be a kind of psychotic rock band again. You mentioned metaphors there. I finished the question with the noise that it is just now. That didn't sound like much of a compliment, but it genuinely <laughs> was meant to be. Within a year of the band forming, you were invited to play the Atlas Festival in Ukraine. So you yeah. went from a, a new band to, yet again, kind of starting to, to really broaden your horizons and, and playing in, in different shores. That, again, must have been a, a really good experience and so early on in the, the band's lifespan as well. Yeah, totally. I think that was, uh, with this band and with their old band, we kind of always just tried to say yes to absolutely anything that sounded fun. So with the Mirror Trap, we'd get asked to go and do bizarre things where we'd end up out of pocket or we'd end up 
losing jobs and annoying family members and stuff but we'd go okay this is a chance to go off and like spend two weeks in japan or go around russia or something and the sort of thing that if you're kind of sensible and planning for the future you might go hmm that's not a good idea but we were just like yep let's do it come on so we all ended up in debt and tired and broken humans probably but we'd always done things and i think because of that attitude we made quite a few good friends places so when we started this band um we just contacted some of the promoters like our manager dave just got in touch with some people he knows and said like it's those guys they've got a new band what do you think so yeah we got asked to go out to play atlas festival in ukraine which was absolutely bananas on a sort of big huge outdoor stage with like who else was playing the black eyed peas and liam gallagher and asap rocky and all these people it was a bizarre lineup but yeah it was absolutely incredible experience um yeah i think there was a few other things lined up in uh around asia and russia for last year but then good old covid kicked in i, I kind of flip it on its head there there might be people that, that turn their nose up at but you're almost kind of buggering off and at great cost to yourself to to play instruments and, and try and be a band but my god what an opportunity as well like yeah most totally. of us working your average nine to five job would would give anything to to pack up for two weeks and go to japan and, and just live yeah. the life and and see a bit of the world really so uh, just look at some of the, the places you've been and, and both the mirror trap and with echo machine it, it's quite a phenomenal checklist you've got there yeah um there was just yeah at one point we'd sort of i think i didn't own a a passport until the first um mirror trap tour out of scotland um so that was bizarre i think then we ended up in 13 different countries in six months having never been on a plane or left the country yeah so it, it was pretty intense for a while then uh yeah, we did Japan and Russia and we recorded in Thailand and um, it was all very, very bizarre, but a lot of fun. I think that last, we took the last tour we did was a sort of support tour with Placebo, which was like six weeks away. I think we took that one and all for like the third or fourth time in a few years, all had to quit our jobs again, go off for however many weeks. And I think that was probably part of why the band ended as well, because everyone suddenly realised that we were there. Uh, all stone cold broken going nowhere really but we're having a lovely time but i suppose at some point there's some people i suppose are going to have to go need to put a pen in yeah this. absolutely i guess you'll always have the, the memories though that's for yeah. sure around the the first few months of the, the echo machine it was very noticeable that you were releasing a lot of material you were getting out there you were making yourselves heard how important was it to get that stuff out to to prospective fans and and kind of promote yourselves in that way there's a lot of bands that, that maybe delay when it comes to to releasing material and, and try and make their name on the live yeah. circuit but you seem to be doing both yeah i think that was uh that was just something we wanted to do really release me i think that's uh i don't know if it sounds old. it's weird to think of it as being old-fashioned but just getting music out and playing shows I think we're more restrained than we used to be. There used to be a point where we'd write two new songs in a week and instantly put them in the set sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think that's 
we def there's no I don't know I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say here I kind of I love that's why I absolutely love um, the ninth wave I love what they're doing because they every time they seem to have just released a thing and you're just getting over it they've got something else and they're sort of they're there it's like they're in your attention space for a reason as opposed to just being there which there seems to be this kind of uh, bizarre thing. I've noticed with a lot of new bands just now of um, telling you how they want to do things right. But right just seems to be this really boring corporate kind of Instagrammed way of doing things where you release one song every nine months and that song has to have a remix and a Spotify inspired by playlist and a three month build up before it comes out. And it's just this big, huge like vehicle for boring content when you could be releasing music and playing gigs but i suppose it's hard to kind of hard to have done anything in the last 18 months so yeah you can probably see why it's kind of gone more that way the way that we consume music's changed so much as well that 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 formulae approach of i, I sometimes see it as well when bands that i'm a member of their mailing list don't miss new album coming out in january i got one today new album out or early next year, and I'm thinking, well, it's, it's only June. Yeah. <laughs> I, I consider myself fairly patient, but I don't really want to be shelling out 25 quid for a, a vinyl, even if it means that I'm going to be putting a pre-sale list yeah. for a gig that's maybe in November. But yeah. at the same time, I would I prefer to hear a bit of it. And the way that I can go on with a click in this, click of a button and or on my mobile phone and listen to things straight away we've got a a pretty instant desire to consume content whether that be music or videos in youtube or, or anything like that so I, I think playing the waiting game may be actually quite a dangerous approach to take because you've got to assume that people are going to have enough patience to, to wait about yeah. for you or, or like you enough to, to wait about for you yeah. you might just miss the boat otherwise yeah totally yeah it's strange I, I think there's so many bands uh, that have been so good but they've kind of played that game of right now we, I don't know if it's like almost like you can't release an album because as soon as you do that or you can't release too much because as soon as you've done that you're no longer considered like fresh meat or you're no longer seen as being like a hot new thing. And you kind of try to hold on to that for as long as possible. But I've seen so many bands do that. And incredible bands who just never really release um, albums. Or they never quite do it. And then eventually it kind of fizzles out. And they're like, ah, oh, man, have you just if you just kind of just given up on the um, the kind of correct industry standard way of doing it. And just release an album. That would have been phenomenal. Yeah, a lot to be said for, for striking while the iron's hot. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the the songs you were releasing around about 2018-2019, you also did the, the cover of Bad Guy, the Billie Eilish song. Yeah. Um, and, and that got great coverage. Uh, Janina Lisa vocaled in that song as well, uh, so guest vocals. I'm pretty sure she did a song with with Kyle Faulkner at one point, didn't she? Yeah. About that time. Yeah. Uh, a hell of a voice, and yeah. that was you embracing your real just downright pop side. 
Yeah, that was a strange. Like uh, our manager Dave is a he's a character, and he's just the kind of he just loves um, tunes, I suppose. So he kind of just collects random characters as he goes along. And he worked with Kyle for a bit, um, and now he's got uh, Elisa, and he just sort of so you, you just sort of throw up these random suggestions, and I think she was just going to be in Scotland to meet him for something, and I was like, oh, why don't you do something? And I think the bad guy had maybe just come out about then. The album was definitely out. And uh, sort of Billy Eilish mania was around. So we were like, ah, let's just do that. Why not? Uh, and uh, I think by the time we released it, every single human on earth had released a cover of Bad Guy. But uh, yeah, it was good fun. We just thought, why not? We've never we've never worked with a... I think she's predominantly a rapper. So it was a bit like, we've never worked with someone like that before. Let's just, let's have a go. Yeah, the the feedback and that that's really good. That like, I um, imagine it going another way. To be honest, because you see the the fanfare that goes with all these massive global acts, and their fans are so yeah. hardcore. It was even the the recent thing with the, the snuts and the the race for number oh, one yeah, against yeah. Demi Lovato. The comments are are really really positive. Which, and again, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I, I just they tend to be so so laser focused yeah. that they maybe don't quite yeah. understand it or something gets lost in the interpretation of the song but that, yeah it was uh it was well embraced and i suppose a, another element of that would be that it gives you that wee bit of, of mainstream exposure as well because it, it does take you out to another audience yeah totally um i think because even the sort of stuff we do is all when you strip it back from the, the the kind of chaos element, it's pretty pop. So uh, yeah, it was good to just kind of show off that a bit. Like to be, I think there was talk of us touring with Elisa uh, for a while as well, and that sort of thing, which would have been bizarre. But at the same time, we got to embrace a little bit of the stranger side of life, I suppose. Absolutely. So everything's looking really good. Uh, the album Instant Transmissions landed at the end of, of February last year, as you've already mentioned. And that just happens to be the last month that we weren't <laughs> under some sort of restrictions due to the pandemic. Was it somewhat frustrating that you felt when you've worked so hard on this album, the reaction at the album charts, there's a real bit of momentum behind the band you've done the launch shows after that and then there's this big massive gate comes down and just stops yeah that train running basically yeah it was uh yeah it was a straight because i think we we weren't really sure what was going to happen at all because we'd um i think we'd sort of in the year between finishing recording and then releasing the album we'd been kind of getting a band together properly we'd been sort of figuring out how to play all the songs and things but we'd also been kind of trying to kind of send off the album for everything really to labels to press to everyone and just getting nowhere really so we were sort of weren't too sure how it was going to play out but we thought you know what can't sit on this forever let's just do it and it kind of worked really well because we discovered that the vinyl release we did with the uh, Asai records who are mine employers as well um 
that kind of got us this strange there was just suddenly realized that something about the sound we were making connected with the kind of record buying public so that gave us a total massive boost that we sort of put that on sale and then suddenly loads of physicals went again it was probably a strange kind of old-fashioned thing where like we'd release a song and the streaming would be absolutely minimal but then we put the physicals on sale and we're selling like hundreds of copies it was a sort of odd world to get into but it gave us this massive boost then the three in stores we did to promote the album were all really busy we sold lots of albums so we kind of at that point we're like oh okay we've not really it's not really sparked in the conventional route let's see where we go with this let's just fill a car and just go and tour record shops for two months or there was a kind of definite feeling of we could get out and do something uh so that was definitely a bit of a kick when it all got shut down but hell we have written about 15 albums in lockdown so i think we're we're in a decent place to start up again now the vinyl must be said as well looks absolutely fantastic the, the red vinyl is there's, yeah. there's something about having that that physical record that even though i, I would say i don't probably don't play vinyl as much as i should but having that thing there is it's the same with books and, and magazines yeah. and things like that as well i need to have something in my hand there in front of me i i can't read it off a, a computer screen it's a it's possibly a flaw in my personality that cost me a lot of money, but yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I mean. uh, there, there, there is something really nice about it, and the, the sounds so crisp, but it, it does look fantastic. And I see uh, from your social media there is still some copies left in Bandcamp, so go on and, and buy one if you've not already. Yes, that was a good wee plug there. We'll, we'll move it on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I like this. That was I thought I was going to be the guy doing that, but yeah, thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> We'll put a wee jingle on that and edit, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Releasing it through the, the record stores, as you said, there's, there's a few of you working in Asai Records, is that right? Uh, yeah, Mike, the guitarist Mike works, uh, he's in the warehouse. He's not really fit for public consumption, so he's got to be just kind of packaging things in the background. The locking key. <laughs> yep, you got to keep him chained to a desk, otherwise he'll go wild. He's like, have you seen a, a Black Books fan? I'm not, no. But uh, there's a Bill Bailey's character in Black Books when he, um, there's an episode where if it reaches a certain temperature, he, something happens to him and he has to be locked away. And that's like Mike, he'll just go absolutely bananas and start trashing everything in sight. He's like the cookie monster. <laughs> that was a reference I understood more there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about the way the album came out and Nevermind Management helped with the digital version. Asai, as we mentioned, did the the record release and the CD release. I've noticed, though, from your Twitter page that there's been a few times this year where you found receiving funding for the band and you've made applications that have been turned down. Yeah. Given that you seem to be in such a strong position about this time last year, to, to move on 15 months and then that being taken away from you, is that a worry going forward that from an outsider looking in, the way that the industry has been somewhat decimated, especially the live scene, obviously, um, it's, it's kind of hard to gauge. There's, there's a real hunger for, for live music returning. I, I think yeah. that 
where possible people have, have backed the bands that they love. But you were kind of, as you say, you were you're at a point where it was it was looking so good, and then to to fast forward and, and not have the support of the government for for your livelihood is yeah is a, is a bit of, of the fear really. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, I, yeah, there's definitely been quite a few bands, especially I know it's the first six months or so of lockdown. The amount of um, sort of Twitter posts that started with uh, "It's with heavy hearts that we have to tell you that," and then it was the members leaving or bands breaking up, or so yeah, it was obviously rough generally. I think. As as we do everything backwards, I think we kind of were the opposite almost. Where we that we the, as much as that break kind of shot us momentum wise, it did give us that time to actually figure out what the band was going to be. We finally got a lineup sorted and all that kind of stuff. Where coming out of that now, we definitely feel it's not like a, a project anymore. We've kind of emerged as hello, we're an actual band a 10 limbed um monster uh with tons and tons of new music and all the rest of it so yeah keep trying to put a positive spin on it that's all i'm gonna do until the end of time <laughs> just a, a final one on the the return of, of live music you've got gigs planned for october time uh sneaky pete's broadcast uh Gala, a gig in gala shields as well the the lack of clarity on when that will be or when it will yeah. be allowed it seems a wee bit more advanced down south in terms of they've had a few pilot yeah. and test events uh, to see how things are going but anyone that I've spoken to in bands north of the border they're, they're a wee bit concerned that no one's come out and said well yeah. We hope to do this by a certain date. Does does that begin to play in your mind that we we've uh, been a, yeah. we've been a wee bit more kind of um, for good reason, been a bit more cautious in our reaction to the pandemic. But while things like sports are are beginning to motor on a wee bit, and there's football matches in Glasgow in a, in a couple of weeks' time with twelve thousand people yeah. there, we still don't have any date for a return of live music. Yeah. Um, that is. I think there was strangely there was a really heavy metal gig in Dundee at the weekend, just with um sort of tables and chairs and things. So it's like this tiny, tiny little green shoots popping up. But yeah, it would be good to see a few big kind of test events or something just to kind of ease the worry. Unless they're just going to use the data from the ones down south. I don't know. But yeah, it would be good to. I just want to see that first gig, just to know what's happening again. Yeah, I think got... you can imagine some band that maybe even started last week playing King Tuts or something like that, and 3,000 people trying to yeah. get into the venue. It just feels Absolutely. like we've been starved that much. <laughs> yeah. I think I've it got... possibly doesn't matter who it is by this point. I've got tickets for uh, the Mannix, uh, supported by the, the Anchorus playing at the Caird Hall in September, which I'd imagine will be the first thing I'll, big gig I'll get to. And that's just going to be ridiculous. Uh, the Manics, the Manics make me cry at the best of times, so, jeez, I'm going to be a broken man at that gig. That would be absolutely outstanding. And, yeah. and to, in your hometown as well, it's, yeah. uh, 
something really, really special about that. The, the issue of, of social media is, is something that I've discussed with most of my guests so far on the podcast, and that's been in regard to how much emphasis has been put on bands having to promote themselves and engage with people through social media during times where they've not been able to get out and, and speak to fans or yeah even even in terms of just promoting yourselves through releasing music um it's very important that you don't go off people's radars the other thing i've noticed is that a lot of people are reaching out to bands and if you're I'm sure you're exactly the same that you've you listened to music at times during the pandemic and it's been a real saviour for you. It, music's yeah. something that we turn to time and time again, uh, whether that be in times of happiness or times of really dark times as well. But there's there'll be songs that remind you, there'll be bands that remind you and you quite often can just help that and offer that wee bit of glimmer of hope. Mm. And again, I've seen people reaching out to echo machine and mentioning songs that have really resonated with them through some dark moments during coronavirus that must be really overwhelming and first and foremost yeah totally it's uh yeah it's kind of it's like i don't want to like guess i'm so um someone who dwells on people's unhappiness but it's quite um there's a little reassuring thing in that, and you go, "Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad something I've done is connected with someone." So yeah, it's pretty scary, but at the same time, it's it's good to know that something you've done has had that effect in the way that other acts and artists do for me. So yeah, I'm pretty cool with that. Um, You're not a band that are, are backwards at coming forwards either when it comes to to being dare I say outspoken and, and things like yeah. issues like mental health and, and politics as well, which. There was, there's always kind of accusations that you don't mix these yeah. things, but yeah. then at the same time, we're all human beings that have our, our own interests, yeah. our own personalities, and it would be pretty beige if you were just to yeah. say, here's our, here's our latest song, uh, and they not kind of get involved in, in social political affairs that are, are going on yeah. in, in the daily world, and what is quite I a depressing see- world at times as well. It's uh yeah, I think all that stuff, it kind of there's a sort of hidden message I think all that kind of like, oh, you're an actor or a band or whatever, you shouldn't be speaking about anything like this. There's that sort of subtle undercurrent which says you're not qualified to do this. Only the people over here in the kind of nice grey suits from Debenhams can discuss this thing. And it just so happens that they also are a bit right wing. It's like if you're only allowing one little bit of the world to speak, then you're going to get a pretty one-dimensional kind of outlook on things. So I quite, I'm quite i game for anyone saying any old thing, really. The, the other big one I find is hilarious is when people speak about anyone with a platform saying anything is in some way hypocritical. I can remember when Russell Brand was saying outlandish political things that were all completely true. But because he's a kind of wealthy, well-known person, people say, oh, but you can't you can't say that. You're like, well, if Big Dave from Greg's said that, it would be just as true, but he has no audience and platform. So 
yeah, fair game. Everyone get stuck in. Shut your mouth off. That's what I say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great point, though, because really it's it's almost a kind of approach of get back in your box. You don't know yeah. what you're talking about. And, and that's exactly what they want you to do. They, yeah. they would love to just shut you up and not. Yeah, exactly. If there's not, if no one's, especially now where there's not really much of a opposition in politics or the media, really, somewhere there needs to be some sort of opposition. Even in music, it kind of makes me a bit sad sometimes when you realise when um, comedians get like absolutely destroyed, like someone like Nish Kumar gets like turned into this evil monster by the Daily Mail and stuff. I'm like, ah. We should be there should be bands out there that are getting like villainized by the red top press and things that's kind of when you know you're doing something good if you annoy the sun then my god you must be doing something good yeah you're annoying all the right people there aren't you <laughs> yeah exactly and <laughs> in, in terms of people reaching out and i think a noticeable thing in recent times and i would almost kind of classify this as a, as a pretty Scottish thing in, in terms of we had a, a situation for a number of years where people were a bit unsure of people that were having success. I, I think yeah. we've got this thing deep inside of us that people that, that go out and do their own thing are, are kind of seen as a bit weird and almost yeah. a bit too overconfident despite the fact that someone chasing their dream is exactly is, is really what we're brought up to do isn't it <laughs> go out there and, and do your yeah. best and believe that you can you can achieve whatever you put your mind to uh, but there's a there's a really nice community and i won't pretend to be part of that but it's watching on and, and band supporting each other there was growing up i remember reading magazines and it was interviews with with bands that they would look for a headline by slagging someone else yeah they wouldn't really talk themselves up, or if they did, it was they were saying that they were better than insert band name here, and and that was kind of indirectly slagging that band at the same time. Yeah. Um. But but now there's, and I've already mentioned we're not we're not all going to like the same things. Uh, in fact, there'll be stuff that's released that you just quite frankly wouldn't listen to again. Yeah. But at the same time, turning around and saying that shit or putting someone down for for something they've worked hard on just doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> like, what uh, what benefit has that got and yeah um uh, but having that wee bit of a, a community feel to the the music industry and, and maybe i'm miles out in this one but it seems that bands are trying to to help each other out well because they're all in the same boat at the mo- this moment in time of course there'll be some that are bigger than others but it's it's going to come to a point where this all ends and you might yeah. bump into these people. You might need a, a helping hand from yeah. them. They might need a helping hand from you. And why don't we all just kind of get on a wee bit better? It's, it seems like that's what's happening. Yeah, it's I, totally. I think uh, everything has its place. A lot of th- a lot of things are not for me. I'm often the first one to say when I don't like something, but it's, I wouldn't say that someone shouldn't be doing that thing. I think everything's got its place, and everyone's kind of entitled to go out and do what they want really um yeah i think it's it's, it's there's been times i think that the, the times i've enjoyed most in our kind of the, the the 
the band and bands I've been in is when you kind of become part of a little community it just makes things so much better it makes you've just got a sort of support system of like whether it's uh you've got three or four like in Dundee there was a few times where we'd kind of fall into groups of three or four bands who'd always support each other who'd always play if someone was going to play a gig down south or in Glasgow you'd all jump in a bus and go and watch and it just makes everything so much more enjoyable than just sort of sitting in your icy bedroom of cool and moaning about how bad everything is yeah it seems pretty unproductive as well it was I speak to to Rav from Las Vegas in the last podcast. He's had everybody's really seems to have, have got on board with the new album. Although he woke up that morning and there was just a one word review that just said shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we were discussing what can you really do with that feedback? As if yeah, there's not really much you can go away and, and, and work on with that. We, we need people to be more expansive in their criticism if they're going to. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> You've always got to appreciate those ones, though. Jesus. Uh, yeah, there's, there's something that I kind of admire about that. that yeah. Someone's taking their time to go, right, I'll really get it up them here. Yeah. Shit. And it's when you think about what their uh, sort of comparison points are, they're going, right, what do I like? Monster Munch. Stella. <laughs> what do I not like? Las Vegas. It's like, fucking <laughs> Jesus. I know, it's, it's a shame that you don't actually... There's, there's definitely more harm than good would come from trying to engage with someone like that, but the yeah. temptation must be there just to go, right, okay, I'm going to take this guy on. And fucking Las Vegas as well. I think that of all the bands, the one I wouldn't want to annoy, the one band I think they would absolutely knock me out in a heartbeat would be Las Vegas. <laughs> we played a few gigs with them a few years ago, and it was absolutely phenomenal. But they do definitely carry themselves like men that if, if, if shit got real, you'd want to stand behind them. They've just got such a, a brilliant working class mantra about them that, uh, yeah. and uh, some of the, the stories are just—it's <laughs> it, it, just proper a rock and roll lifestyle from yeah. guys that have grown up in council houses and just been yeah. thrown into this wonderful world that they've embraced and. And not giving one single fuck while doing it. It's just a tremendous, tremendous story that they've got. Yeah. Uh, it it was so good to, to hear it all. There's probably an element of that, I think, in, in a lot of uh, bands that kind of go off and do ridiculous things. I think that was probably half of the thing with us. was like, as I said, like, I didn't have a passport before we played gigs. Like, most of like, our band, we all just came from pretty run-of-the-mill working-class backgrounds and the idea that of going to Japan or going to Russia or something, it was suddenly like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll never get this chance. Unless I join the army, I'm never going to get to travel the world. So let's get stuck in. And with that and attitude, yeah, you end up then going, ah, oh, well, I'll get really stuck in. And that's when all chaos resumes. Yeah, I think that was pretty much the, the overriding sentiment of their story as well, to be honest with yeah. you. But, but why not? So, You've talked about writing a lot of new material. Should we expect a, a seven-disc vinyl coming out in the, <laughs> the early part of 2022 now? Uh, no, I, I don't have a clue what we're going to do, to be honest. I don't really want to do anything other than a half-hour, ten-song album. But uh, who knows? We might. I don't have a clue. I've got all, I keep having these ridiculous plans that I then try and convey to the rest of the band, and it always just seems like I'm a crazy person. 
there's an album there's definitely an album written that i were going to record and release as an album but then there's so many other songs that i'm like what do we do with these exactly like do we just do a diy album later in the year as a band camp thing just for the sake of releasing the songs i have no idea we've got actually we have recorded we have two songs whether they're going to be singles or just the, the start of the new album but yeah they're recorded and currently being mixed so there should be something new hopefully in the next couple of months and that'll take you quite nicely into the to the gigs in edinburgh and glasgow and then yeah i think gala shields follows it is it the month after if that one's in november yeah, yeah. i i think we've got another week in the studio in august as well so hopefully yeah we're just we don't have a clue how we're going to finance anything or what we're going to do with it but uh yeah between now and the end of the year we'll keep making little long weekends and week studio dates and uh hopefully by the turn of the new year we'll have a an album ready that must just feel the excitement as well even more the the fact that you've got that that material almost ready to go and yeah you're now back together after a length of time apart it, it just feels like you maybe despite the fact that you lost that bit of momentum you can maybe catch it up quite quickly given the, yeah. the way that things have fallen and the way that you've not sat still during what's yeah. been an extended period of yeah i suppose i suppose it could go either way really we've probably not been the most uh visual band in lockdown um but we have been very very busy so hopefully when we come out maybe absence will have made everyone's hearts grow fonder i don't know hopefully i couldn't really i think we were there's something about the um it's the sort of capaldi effect on music now where i think people have realized that you can have a good album but if you're also really funny online, then you're on a winner. So there's this whole thing of people jumping about like kids TV presenters. And I was like, ah, oh, that's not really, none of us are really that kind of characters. So we've never really kind of embraced TikTok dances or whatever else. Um, so yeah, so that is a risk. I suppose we might come back out and release something and play a gig and everyone's like, who are you guys? Where have you been? But uh, yeah, we have been busy. We've been writing, recording and hopefully creating something glorious i keep telling myself and anyone that'll listen that this is it this is the masterpiece this is the 10 out of 10 this is the one that after this we just retire and go and sail off in the sunset but uh yeah who knows who the hell knows you say that about the videos there was a point last year where i'm pretty sure there was a sock pulled out and it was full of rubles <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was, that, that think, was one of the, the earliest memories I've got of the, the first lockdown to be honest with you the first uh, yeah I think the first couple of months I was like right we, we need to do something we need to be we need to be involved here I think because as well nothing we do really translates like acoustically so I sort of toyed a few times like oh we'll get an acoustic guitar get a piano out and just like a stripped back thing it was always going to be horrible so I was like what, what can we do so I think I had recorded a cover of a uh, psychedelic furs song just with my iPad garage band and then made a video on my phone and put that out and I did a few stupid videos of me raking about the house it's mostly like if you I think if I watched them back it'll literally be like like observing a breakdown sure there's one point I've had, I was on sort of Instagram live just in a dressing gown uh, 
watching records play. I was like, in hindsight, dearie me, I felt like I was enjoying myself at the start of lockdown, but <laughs> it was probably an undercurrent of madness there. But yeah, after that, I think we kind of we quieted down a little bit. Yeah, I just think it's beat considering reality at that point, though. I think that was the most, yeah. the most important thing. Uh, yeah, I'm just so so relieved that I wasn't an Amazon driver at that point. Yeah, it was yeah. just these, these buzzers went about forty times a day with some poor guy that had been delivered yeah. for for about seven days solid. Uh, really, yeah. Lots of things to keep us amused and mess yeah. up the place. <laughs> I've got a test in one as we head towards finishing here. I'll put you on the spot. Three Scottish bands that we may or may not have heard of that you would recommend and that you have a place in your heart for. Ooh. Uh, that you, actually, it's quite easy because I feel like all of my uh, mates are all in bands, or I say mates, people I'm good friends with, uh, are all in bands who are in some way transitioning or doing different things now, so... Uh, they're all relatively new like uh happy tears it's our friend megan she's released one single so far but uh she always sends across little snippets of demos and things i think she's just announced uh king tut's summer nights tonight she's playing with swim school and a few other bands but yeah she is she's very good she's going to be uh i think she's going to be massive she does like she does anything and the world goes, oh my god, this is amazing. So I think she's just like a few more singles away from being huge. Um, the, the guys, this is a really complicated one. The band Plasmas from Dundee. Absolutely love them. And one of their offshoots is a band called Lull, who have now just changed their name to School of Paris. I think they're also playing King Tut Summer Nights. But they sent a few demos over in lockdown and it was really good like they've kind of gone away from lo-fi to a bit more well still really lo-fi but more kind of Depeche mode pop sound which really got my attention so yeah School of Paris Happy Tears uh, and uh, the St Martins the guys who were in St Martins have a new project on a go called Theo Bleak that we've heard absolutely nothing from yet but everything they do is brilliant so I imagine they are going to be massive in six months as well. Nice. And what's why see approach has been made for all four of those acts in the podcast in the, yeah. the not too distant future. Uh, I've, I've become a bit partial to taking suggestions. Uh, yeah. I'll have a few lessons and then realise that there's no way that I can at least give them some sort of platform to, yeah, to share totally. the balance. Thank you very much for your time tonight, Gary. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. No bother I, at all. I wish the Echo Machine all the very best. Thank Just you before much. you go, would you mind sharing where people can find you, where you listen to your music, buy your merch and, and things like that? I know I, I gave a half-arsed jingle earlier on. But... <laughs> uh, yes, you can find us in all the places like the Facebook and Instagram. I think we're just Echo Machines with a Z on the end and Echo Mac on Twitter. Uh, please come say hello. We are, as much as we don't do choreographed dance routines to Blinding Lights, we are lovely people who love to chat. And we've got Bandcamp, which I think is just echomachine.bandcamp, maybe. 
But yeah, we've got uh, the album is on there on record and on CD, along with a selection of gorgeous tote bags and t-shirts and all that kind of shenanigans. Uh, and in Dundee, we're usually around about the high street, just hanging about. Well, it's, this has been, as I say, an absolute pleasure. We'll, um, we'll put all these links in the description for the podcast, which will be out in the next couple of days. Cool. Uh, but thanks again. No, thank you very much for having having me on. It's been a joy. Cheers. You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast. We'll be back in 10 days' time. Until then, thank you and goodbye.